Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. From Dial Square to Where is proud to have Gunas vs. Cancer as its charity sponsor for the season. Set up by the Gunas podcast, it is a brilliant charity raising money for leukemia and lymphoma research. Please help me to help them reach their fundraising goal by visiting gunasversuscancer.com and see how to donate or bid for some great Guna merchandise. Thank you. All right, Treacle. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Hello! Hello and welcome to From Dial Square to Where. Now look, people, okay? You all know what's going on, yeah? You've got busy lives. But let's get something straight. Subscribe. Start listening. Start liking. You know it's the right thing to do. You know, at the end of the day, when you look back on your week, have you done anything to be proud of? If you ask your parents right about now, they're going to say no. No, you haven't. But if you subscribe, if you like, if you start listening, if you click on the link and start enjoying and start contributing to From Dial Square to Where, they may think a little better of you. Because right about now, guys, okay, you're not, not in their good books. Like it, subscribe to it, enjoy it. Take care, all. everyone i bet you weren't expecting that were you um thank you very much to jason davies please do what he says because you know how angry he gets so welcome to this new episode um i want to clarify a few points uh, first about some previous things i've been saying on other um streams on youtube and uh, podcasts um about my thoughts on unai emery and granite jacker more than anything and I've just, um, today as we speak, uh, it's uh, Wednesday, I've um, responded to a tweet by Marco Guna, who I've got a lot of, lot of time for, and um, he said I don't agree to this notion that um, if you are critical of Unai Emery, then you're, can't, you can't be a true supporter, because he's a supporter of Arsenal and not players or managers. First and foremost, he's an Arsenal fan. And I um, I totally agree. And I have responded saying that no matter how critical I've been of Unai Emery and Granite Xhaka recently, 
I only want the best for the club. And it does not mean that I want Unai Emery to be sacked. It doesn't mean that I, you know, I absolutely hate Granit Xhaka. What it means is I want Arsenal to be successful. And that goes over and above any sort of feelings you have towards any of the current players or manager. And I don't want Unai Emery to get sacked. I want him to be successful. And if he's successful, then Arsenal are going to be successful. So the fact that I'm critical of Emery or Xhaka or anyone else after matches, it's only because I have my own thoughts and opinions. And um, all humans have got their own thoughts and opinions. Otherwise, the world would be an extremely boring place if we thought the same thing. Now, I know my opinions, um, you know, don't mean anything to anyone. I hope you enjoy listening to them, of course. But I like putting them out there um, because I believe that all opinions are valid. And that's why, you know, I'd love to get your thoughts and comments on anything that I say um, that I can use in the um, in the podcast as well. I mean, on the um, main page of my podcast by the Anchor FM webpage, if you look at my podcast on there, there's a an option where you can leave voice messages. Please do that. That'd be fantastic, and I will um, use them in the podcast. And I'll answer any questions or queries that you may have. Or, um, you know, good or bad about anything that I say. And I would would really uh, relish that. So I've got nothing to hide by saying what I'm saying. So because you've got an opinion, because the opinion may not be be particularly good at that point, it doesn't mean that you want people sacked and so on. It's, It's just merely voicing my concerns. And my concerns about um, Granite Xhaka, I've obviously said before, but you know he's extremely error-prone. But the other thing is that, um, in my mind, I, I try and simplify the game of football as much as possible because it's so much nowadays um, overcomplicated. The way that um, managers set up, and the way that, more importantly, um, pundits overcomplicate things. And in all uh, matter of fact, I'd like to... Uh, make a mental note on that one and come back to that one because it's something that's really annoying pundits overcomplicating things um, yeah with all these different formations that they keep saying um, teams should play or are playing and um, and so on and so forth I think that all players in a team have specific roles to play in that team and they all fit together in the best way possible to try and win football matches. Now, the best teams in the world, a lot of it is down to individual 
sort of luck and the time, uh, everything coming together at the right time. Because um, when you have a majorly, you know, successful team, everyone has to be fit at the same time. Everyone has to be in form at the same time. Everyone has to be in their prime, you know, at the, at the same time. And because there's no accounting for age when it comes to being in your prime, I mean, I, I, I honestly think that Aubameyang just seems to be getting better and better. And look at his age, and he's supposed to be past his prime. But it doesn't work that way, because all humans are different. So, yes... I think to have a season like Man City and Liverpool did last season, now Man City are slightly different because they've got two or three players for every single position and um, if they do get injuries or poor form then they've got uh, another couple of, of people to go in easily so that's a bit different but Liverpool haven't got the same size squad as Man City, however they managed to get by because they had very very few serious injuries last season and everyone it, it just clicked everything just slotted into place so I think a lot of it is down to that but what um, I think regarding Granite Xhaka is that in my simplified sort of look at a, a midfield team you know, a midfield player rather there's um, very few different types of midfield player there's a defensive midfielder there's an attacking midfielder there are wide midfielders um, i.e. sort of false wingers and there are probably what you would call a playmaker now I don't agree with the playmaker role being something different personally call me old fashioned but being a professional footballer at the elite level in the best league in the world playing for one of the 20 best clubs in league football across Europe now you know that the 20 best clubs in this league in this country I should say not in um in European football but it's the best league in European football best league in the world probably so to play in the Premier League you've got to be a good player to make that level now playmakers are really the ones that um, the ball comes to and they keep the game really flowing um, you know don't hold up play too much or hold up play when it needs to be held up and then release the ball, but it's basically just um, receive the ball, pass the ball, receive the ball, pass the ball, and keep the, and obviously having the brain to know when to pass the ball on and who to pass it to. You need to be able to have very good vision around the pitch and good long and short term um, passing. But I think that any player that reaches this level to play in the Premier League should have that ability um, if you haven't got that ability then maybe you shouldn't be in the Premier League that's just what I think now um, defensive midfielders and attacking midfielders uh, including these wide attacking midfielders 
they are sort of more specialists, definitely. Now, the point I'm making is that Granite Jacker doesn't fall into any of those for me. He's not a defensive midfielder, definitely. He's not an attacking midfielder, and he's definitely not sort of a wide player. He's just a midfielder. So, in modern day football, the way things are going, there isn't really a, a, a need, there isn't a role for that, there isn't a need for that sort of uh, skill set. He's, he's too one dimensional, he's, um, he's good at long passing, good at short passing. But like I said, anyone in the midfield of a Premier League team should have that ability as far as I'm concerned. So that's uh, my main problem with Granite Xhaka because not only is he what you just call a midfielder, he's not the best one and he's rash. He's got no pace either. And he cannot make a decision, a good decision to save his life. So there you go, that's my issue with Granite Xhaka. I don't nothing against him as a person or as a player, but he doesn't meet the standards required of an Arsenal player to take us to the next level where we want to go. So there you go, that's my opinion. Now, on Emery specifically, my issue with him is um, my grave concerns really in that I think that he's never going to have a style so I think it's always going to be the same with him that's the problem now um, I said on um, the Cannon Fodder TV stream that I did um, last weekend I believe it was a few few days ago anyway that um, Elliot from the Arsenal Vision podcast read out um, an article from a newspaper, a French newspaper um, with the concerns of all of the fans of the club and um, I don't know if it was the the journalists specifically writing about um, him And um, it was basically to do with the lack of connection between a midfield three and the front three uh, whilst he was a manager of uh, PSG. And obviously at the time he had Neymar, Mbappe and, um, oh goodness me, Cavani. Now, it read exactly the same as if it was a, a match report for Arsenal v Tottenham at the weekend. Now that's a big concern for me because that's obviously an inbuilt issue that he's got. And um, I can't see it changing. I really can't. He's, he just seems to not have the faith in the better players all the time. And he just reverts to type. Now, the fact is, he's not the manager, he is the head coach. And the other fact is that I've seen a tweet uh, 
or lots of tweets saying I've read that if Emery doesn't get top four he should be sacked why? because he inherited a poor defence it was a club was a mess blah 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 no I'm not buying that in the slightest the problem is he came into the club with a full dossier on all the players which is this this actually got him the job apparently or just it swung it in his direction this dossier he came in with and it included all the youth players as well um, or all the in-depth knowledge he had on all the, every player in the club and he took the job knowing that Arsene Wenger had been there for 22 years he took the job knowing the entire squad that he was taking over and he took the job knowing what we were able to supply him with player-wise um, in the window and the, and the window's upcoming now we not have backed him anymore after last season whether you're one of those people that think didn't deserve to get this second season is another thing um, maybe you are maybe you're not but he did get this second season and I've been asked several times well aren't, isn't you, aren't you overreacting it's only four games in I'm not overreacting about anything. I'm not saying that we're not going to achieve any goals or or whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, um, or voicing, rather, my concerns. And, like I said, he's not the manager. He's the head coach. And, to my mind, last season, we started off, yeah, after the first couple of games, we started off really well and we obviously as we all know had a massive long winning streak or, or not not losing streak I should say 22 games and that altered everyone's expectations then because we had the third position in our hands and we completely and utterly capitulated I'm going to go into that anymore now the concerns I had from that are a coach who spends time with the players every day on the training pitch, day in, day out. A week for a coach with a bunch of players is a long time because you're with them a long time um, throughout that week. So you should know all about your players within that period. And um, our team got worse throughout the season. At the end of the season, we were worse than we were at the beginning. And now, I, I know we had... Um, injuries to contend with but every team has injuries to contend with we can't use that as an excuse we weren't injury ravaged we lost a couple of big players in Bellerin and uh, Holding but the rest of the team is pretty uh, pretty light really injury wise and as a head coach you should be able to cope with that but he didn't and he, he didn't stick with uh, a good formation we, we could have a really good win one, one week with a certain formation and he'll change it for the next game next important game and he'll change the personnel as well because he think, he seems to have it in his head that we have to adapt to the other teams rather than the teams having to adapt to us so that's, that is my biggest concern with him so um, I hope that I've explained that uh, properly because this season 
we seem to be going down the same path, unfortunately. And I'm seeing the same things again. So there you go. I'll uh, be back shortly uh, with part two. Have you liked it yet? No? Why not? What's going on? You should be ashamed of yourselves. Your grandparents right about now are thinking, uh, wrong ends. Absolute wrong ends. This is wrong, and you know it. Start liking, start subscribing, get on with it. Thank you very much. Now it's time for what you've all been waiting for, the crack of dawn. With dawn. Obviously. Some bleating through the windows or bleating through the windows. Bleating. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was shining in through the windows. I literally just think the sun, the summer just packed its suitcase and tucked off to Spain for somewhere well, overnight. This is nice when the sun is out, but it's still very cold when the wind blows around you. Oh, Ankles yeah. and your ear holes and stuff. I know. Horrible. Horrible. It's like, it feels like it's. No, Russia outside tonight. <laughs> We're not really going to uh, stand much chance in the actual winter if that's how cold you're thinking it is now. Oh, no, we have to win, I think. We yeah. go see, where are they? Who's that? Oleg We go see him play for Dyn- um, Dynamo Kiev. Oh, Kiev. Oh, oh, I love oh, chicken Kiev. I, I love, love chicken Kiev as well, but funny you should mention something about Kiev, although it's completely oh, different. I've never chicken Kiev for ages. Nice, Well, I actually have a top life hack regarding chicken Kiev. So if you're interested, really? um, what you do is when you're cooking the chicken Kiev, you are supposed to put a slice of bread underneath the chicken Kiev so that when the chicken Kiev opens up and everything and spurts all its juice everywhere, mm-hmm. as it does, um, it soaks into the bread and then it kind of roasts the bread at the same time you get a piece of garlic bread with your meal. Oh, so, that's quite clever. Oh yeah, there was uh, a few people that commented on this hack, life hack, because the lady who said it said she'd got loads of other hacks and everything. So this other lady said, oh, can we show you, show you other hacks? So uh, another guy called Anthony said, what hack? And the lady called Glenis goes, 
Yeah, and I was just thinking the same as hardly a half, is it? And then, somebody like getting a bit on the defenceless. It's just an idea, it's not really a hat, is it? it well, it is just an idea, yeah, but then everybody's jumping on her bandwagon and saying, little man, you'd fit inside them boots if you had a brain that could fill them. And then Thomas Lees, he said, calm down, it's a Kiev and a bit of hot bread. You've not, you've not solved world hunger, you clown shoe. Well, it depends if he breaks the bread, like they, they load, you know, five fishes. And, suppose, and, a, yeah. and a slice of garlic bread. Yeah. So, wow. So instead of the fishes, you might have five chicken kievs. Five chicken kievs, yeah. Yeah. Three so that's sad. Somebody else said, Ramsey must be shitting himself. Yeah, I know. Well, I bet that's nice, though. I'll have to say, we try it next time we do chicken kievs then. Yeah, definitely. That's been it almost reminded me of something. Uh, what? Chicken kievs? Oh, no. Oh. Well, it's I don't know what you say. I will just say it anyway. When Jesus goes into a hotel and oh. has a receptionist four nails and he said, can you put me up for the night, please? <laughs> That's bad. I should say that. I'll take it all back. Anyway. Um, How I th- on earth did having a chicken Kiev remind you about Jesus going into a... I don't actually don't know. For a minute. There's something it there. It just flicked into your head. It did, it? yeah. I don't know what it was. I'll have to listen back. <laughs> right, yeah. There is one thing I want to know what your answer is to this because I don't know why, but I, I it came. I think it's well, it just came to me straight away what the answer to this should be, and it's not even a joke. But this guy, it was Ash at Guna Ash, put a post on Twitter the other day and said, "Guys, what language do you think?" that deaf people think with. What, what do you reckon, what's your answer to that? Um, well. Ne- let's just... If they've, pl- n- they've never heard They've anything. never heard anything in their whole life. No. They've never heard anything. They would think in sign language then, I suppose, wouldn't they? And I've said the language they read. Well, yes, yeah. I think that it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Hmm. Because wherever you are in the world, you you still read, even though you're deaf. Not unless you're blind as well, then. Oh yeah, but then you're bugger. Braille. Yeah. And if if you're dumb as well, can't talk either. You can still feel. Unless you have like four circulation. We've got pins and needles. Then I'll just give off, just be a complete nude, oblivious <laughs> to everything that's going on around you, and eh, perhaps not a bad thing, really, yeah. You get a little peace, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. When the dogs going up and down the garden, I'd leave an idiot all day, every day, would you? Your car, the alarm's alarm going up outside. Yeah. Your house alarm, house is getting burgled while you're sleeping. Yeah, well, you would wake up, would you, so... Well, especially if you've got no sensation in your body either, if you've been attacked. (laughs) It's really like no (laughs) sensation in the fingers, I'm sure they'd be in the way. It's getting like a baseball bat around the head or something. (laughs) Well, they probably wouldn't feel anything if a baseball bat went straight around the head, they'd be gone that first. Oh, what film is that? Oh, that's... um... Steve Martin, isn't it? Where he's like getting beaten around the legs with a baseball yeah. bat. And he's got to try and pretend he can't feel it. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh. <laughs> 30 Rotten Scoundrels. Yes, I love it. 
Right, anything you would like to discuss um, from, from the week? Anything from the week? Hmm. Um, well, I can have a, have a quick little look. Again, I wasn't really quite that prepared, was I? Um, anything written down? Do what, sorry? I've, I've, I've done like a joke that I'd like to say, but that's not really a... Oh, go on, just do a Just this one joke for now? Oh, yeah. Well, if you want. Oh, yeah, I'll do this then. Right then, jokers. Um, Murphy's at home with a broken leg and Paddy goes round to see him. Murphy asks Paddy to fetch some slippers from upstairs, so Murphy goes up. Um, goes up to get them. As he's walking past the bedroom door, he sees Murphy's twin daughters sitting on the bed. Paddy says, All right, girls, your dad sent me upstairs to shag you both. Fuck off, they say. No, he hasn't. So Paddy says, All right, I'll prove it to you. Paddy shouts downstairs, Both of them, Murphy. And Murphy shouts back up, Of course, what's the use of fucking one? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yes, that's good. Very good. Ah. Very good indeed, so it was. Very good. David Dix in the 90s at Arsenal Soccer Club had a play called David Dix. Mm. And when he was injured, the newspaper wrote to Arsenal to play without Dix. The coach was upset, so the newspaper changed the headline to read Arsenal to play with Dix out. The record <laughs> number of women attended the match. <laughs> I don't know whether that's real or not, though. I think that's just a spoof, like, well, probably, yeah. made up thing. Because they've got a picture of that uh, Liam Brady on the on the story as well, so it makes you think I it's a joke. I it was, so, well, it probably is, yeah. But it is quite funny, though, anyway. I do quite like that one. I like the kit that Liam Brady's wearing, the old-fashioned 70s kit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, so, he left the club the same year that I was born. Who? No, no, David what I'm talking about, the same year I started supporting Arsenal, 1980. It just always like changes his like joke corner then we're not actually talking about anything football related. Oh why not? Yeah. Fuck yeah. it. I don't know anything about football anyway, so mm, well it's an international break at the moment, so everyone all the Arsenal fans hate it. Well all football fans really, because it's just the club sides don't play. It's all the England and Scotland and all the other national teams. Oh, what's that in any of them? Qualifying for the Euros next year. Well, actually, I was just thinking about the Euros earlier. It must have been 2006. They did in the Euros or World Cup? No, it's every four years. And there's Euro 96, 2000, 2004. So that was in the World Cup then in 2006. Yeah. Yes, because I was in Mallorca in Mavlov on my 30th birthday in June. And that was the football on there. Mm. It was such a small world, wasn't it? <laughs> it's on everywhere when it's the World Cup, really. Well, I know, but I was just telling you that is where I was. Yeah, oh, I, I was in San Francisco when Princess Diana died. Mm. Nothing to do with football. Mm. It's one of those moments that we remember. Well I was at work. 
And when? when the Twin Towers fell. I was at work I was then. in uh, um, Harborne. Which is? In Birmingham. Oh. Probably in that posh area in Birmingham. Oh. Well, I was at work, probably standing in around about the same type of spot for both the pieces of news there. Princess Diana, unfortunately. And mm. the Twin Towers. I think kind of register at the time. And it was when said to my dad, like, Planes gone into the Twin Towers. I was watching really? it on telly and didn't really compute what was actually happening. Yeah. Weird. I just, I don't know. I thought, oh, planes got in flown into the building. Yeah. It's a bit weird. It was then when the, where all the radios kind of went crazy. How have we got on to talking about this anyway? It's not a good one at all, is it? No, you're talking about Magaluf in the World Cup. That's right. Mm. And, and I've seen. The Lineker's Bar in. Lineker's Bar in Magaluf. Yes, I think there is. There's only, there's definitely so I didn't one in... know. It's not Gary Lineker that owns him. It's his brother. brother. Yeah. yeah. I well, didn't know that for a while. There's one definitely in Tenerife because I went... Oh, no, was it? Yeah, it was Tenerife. I went to Tenerife. I've been from Yeah. Well, I, went, I went for the Tenerife one with my friend mm. Joey when I was about 19. And I lay in the sun all day and stupidly didn't put any sun cream on. I got burnt. I looked like a... Well, a lobster. Statement, and as I got ready to go out at night, I felt really bad. I went into Lineker's bar and I had one one drink, well, probably half of a bottle. Said, Oh, I'm gonna have to go home. So, anyway, got downstairs from Lineker's because it was up to the stairs, downstairs, halfway across the room, and then a projectile vomited over a wall, which was right on the other side of the road. <laughs> and then, uh, and the yeah, exorcist. I had to lie in the bed. Did you come down the, the come down the stairs like all bent over, double? Doing a crab? No, not quite. No. I thought I was bad, but I'd actually recovered by the next day. But there was another girl who stupidly laid the sun without putting sun cream on, and she like she the whole leg was just like a big bag of water. She just blistered all up. Once in Mablethorpe. <laughs> yeah. In Mablethorpe. Mablethorpe. Yeah. Oh. Mablethorpe Bay. Oh. It was absolutely awful. I remember it. No, the legs had three third degree burns. Oh, yeah. Just sat there all day in the sun with the legs up on the deck chair. And they're just like two pieces of burnt bacon yeah. sticking out. Yeah, that is horrible. But they had, they had those big, horrible water blisters in all that. Yeah, that's what this girl had got. I think she was Irish. There was another girl I met when I went to the Costa Dorada one day. And she had fell asleep on the beach. I think she was just kind of like roughing it. She fell asleep on the beach. And then the sun had come up. And her face was all the same. She's got uh, that white oh, sunglasses yeah. marks around horrible. her face. Yeah. I bet she met Donald and Jacqueline that night, I think. Quite possibly, yes. Mm. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Oh, yes. Strong uh. wrists, my Jacqueline. Maybe she should go Ben John. Well, we did, didn't we, when we oh, first met? We've been several times, haven't we? Twice. Yeah, twice. Well, yeah, that's several. More than once. Well, we didn't sleep for four days, I think, the first time we went there, near enough. Maybe had a few hours on the sun lounger. 40th birthday though, it's loud. Mm. Oh, I know, yeah. What a great time that was. Like a rave weekend. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Anything else before we finish up then today? Um, I don't think so, no. Here's I think we, um, we'll just give a, another call to arms for... Do you give us to do any more with that pencil rolling around the floor? How many times have I dropped it now? Yeah, I know, about 15 times. Anyway, yeah, call to arms for Wednesday the 11th at 6.30 on YouTube. If you, uh, I've put the uh, link out to the YouTube channel in the description of 
the podcast. Um, so please join us on Wednesday. Be there, ready to start at 6.30 on the From Dial Square to Wear YouTube channel. Um, we're going to have some guests with us um, on the day, which will be really good fun. And like I said before on the previous podcast, the person who is watching on the evening and who impresses us most uh, on the comments box with what you're saying, how much you're engaging, what you're talking about. And we'll, if you want to, we'll be able to join us for the last part of the live stream um, as part of the team answering some of the questions that are coming in. So if that sounds like a bit of fun, then please make sure you're engaged um, on Wednesday, 6.30, and tell your friends, tell all of the Gula family, spread it around the whole of the universe so that we break every single record in the book for people viewing a live broadcast when you've never <laughs> done it before. That'll be fantastic. It's going to be the first one we've ever done, so yeah, it'll be all exciting. And break records. Yeah, we're going to skip, uh, I don't know, um, how many people do you reckon have watched the live YouTube stream? I don't know, honey. I yeah, mean, yeah. one yeah, at the same time. <laughs> uh, maybe 100 million? No. I'm only, I'm also exaggerating. If we can just aim for a million, that would be good, wouldn't it? I don't know. I have no idea how many people watch these things. Well, we'd probably be lucky to get about four. Oh, really? I'd have to uh, spread it around then, wouldn't I? And yeah, exactly. Tell everybody. Anyway, we're rambling now, just for the sake of it. So, my mum, my dad, grandma. We look forward to seeing you all on Wednesday, if not before. Have a good few days. See you later. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.